and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. There is a, a thought that it's very easy to be LGBTQ in women's sports because, oh, there are so many uh, out women in uh, elite women's sports, the pros, the Olympics. And yes, there are a good amount of them. There are a lot. But that doesn't make it any easier to come out to because it adds a different kind of pressure on female athletes, internal pressure, to not be that. It's very different from what men experience in men's sports, in most men's sports. This week, we talk with Laura Herf, who played field hockey for Syracuse, coached at Cornell, and is on the U.S. women's national team. I talk with her about that pressure, and also the importance to her of being really out and really visible now, uh, despite the fact that some of that visibility may have put pressure on her when, when she was uh, younger, she really feels that making sure that LGBTQ girls and women who are in sports, making sure that they know that they're not alone, that they, they can be who they are, and, and they can be happy who they are in sports, just feels that's super important. She may not be in the Olympics next year. Team USA did not qualify for the Olympics, but she has her set sight on 2024 already. Anyhow, here is my conversation with field hockey player Laura Herf. I'm here with Laura Herf. Laura, how has this pandemic affected your coaching and your playing oh i mean when it all started we were actually out in california training uh early in march and with the whole pandemic happening we cut our our training block short and came back on march 14th 15th and i haven't seen my teammates since we haven't uh, been able to train together since we had to get a whole new coach we've been getting a new staff it's just been it's been crazy for uh, for our team, actually, we've been trying to figure out how to train with a lot of us not having equipment at home, what's best for our bodies, all this and that. Um, it, it it has been very, very difficult, but things are kind of seeming to come back together and hopefully we're going to be able to start training soon. But yeah, we're honestly out of the loop too right now with, with everything because they still don't know what to do with the pandemic. Has your team been hopping on Zoom calls and just staying connected that way, even if you can't train together? Yeah, so when we first started, we were on like two Zoom calls a week or so, um, and then one with like our strength and conditioning coach, just him. But now, like I said, we've been transitioning and trying to find a new coach and everything. So our Zoom calls right now have been put on hold. So probably for the past month, um, or maybe just a little less. We haven't really been doing any Zoom calls, but up until basically July, we were doing two Zoom calls a week. Why? Why do you? Why are you needing a new coach? What happened? Uh, well, we were in a weird period um, at the end of last last year. Uh, the one coach has been to get fired just because of performances and things like that. So uh, we had signed on like an interim coach for six months. Um, so that we could reassess everything and they could kind of try and find someone to get solidified for like a few years. Um, but we kind of needed a coach because 
at the time during that spring of so the start of 2020, we were playing in this series called the Pro League. So we needed to find a coach in order to, you know, have someone traveling with us during this year. Um, so they just signed someone on for six months. So um, it was always that we were going to get a new coach. They just needed to find someone temporarily, and they didn't want to sign someone in a rush for a few years. So they took their time trying to find and are taking their time trying to find the proper coach for us so that we have someone like solidified for a few years. Field hockey is clearly your passion. It has been your career since uh, graduating. You were the coach at Cornell. You, mm-hmm. uh, you, you left that, as I understand, to, uh, to make a run back at the U.S. Women's National Outdoor Team and succeeded, correct? Yes, yes, I did, luckily. What is it about field hockey that has has drawn you to it and, and, and kept you there even after graduating college? Yes, it honestly all started uh, going into my sophomore year. My mom was trying to help me decide, like, what sport I wanted to really focus on because she knew I wanted to go to college and play at a D1 school like she had. Um, So she was like, well, you really got to pick one sport because at the time I was playing basketball, I was playing lacrosse, um, running around all the time. And so she gave me this one question to answer every morning. She said, what's the one sport that you wake up like excited to play or like go to? And at the time, unfortunately, I wasn't having a great experience with my high school lacrosse team with my coach. I always loved basketball, but to be honest, I'm way too short for that sport. I just knew D1 probably wasn't going to be a possibility for me. Um, But field hockey was always a sport that I just was continuously growing in. I mean, even today, I'm 24 and I'm still constantly learning. And um, it's a sport that, like, nobody's perfect in, which I think I love the most about it. Like, it is a game of mistakes, which is especially what I try and, like, teach these players that are coming up who get, you know, so worked up when they make a mistake during lessons or things like that, like, the thing I love most about the sport is that it is a game of mistakes. Like no one is perfect at it. And like, you just, I just am able to use like my athletic ability in the sport. I mean, to be honest, I'm not skillful players at all. My teammates know that I know that I have no problem admitting that, but my athleticism has definitely brought me very far in that sport, which I am very thankful for. You say you're not as skilled, but uh, you're athletic. What, what, What exactly do you mean by that? So, like, I'm not as, like, stick-skilled oriented. Like, I'm not very good at, like, some of my other teammates are very good with, like, 3D skills or small skills to get around defenders. Honestly, my go-to is I just throw the ball and run after it because I'm fast. So, um, or, like, I'm able to stay in the play because I can, like, run with people um, and things like that. Um, So, yeah, I'm not the most skillful with technical skills, like 3D skills and um, little skills to get around defenders, but if you if I'm in space, I'm able to outrun people, which is very fun. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made in the sport? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Uh, I actually do remember there was this one time I'll never forget it. It was like one of the first games I ever played with the USA team before I was like officially on the team. It was just a like a test series against uh, the India's national team. And I remember this way I received this one ball um, was just the wrong, wrong reception for the place I was in the field. And 
the Indian player actually ended up taking easily taking the ball off of me and they scored right away. And I'll never forget I'll never forget that because I was like so embarrassed and I just like couldn't believe that, that I had made that choice. So I think that's something that is definitely like stuck around with me because I can tell you I've never really done that reception in a game ever again because of that <laughs> that one incident. How did your team react to it? I mean, they they I think they all knew at the time like like going from college to the national team is a huge huge leap. Like you you think that you're at the top level when you're in college, but international play is just insane compared to college. College is very fast and obviously it's a lot faster than high school, but just from college to the national team, it's a huge jump. So I think at the time people they weren't that upset with me. Yes, they were upset that the other team scored, but they weren't directly upset with me because they know that I was still like getting used to the speed and getting used to all these things, all the all the different ways you have to change your your play when you go from college to to the national team. So I don't think anybody was too too upset about that really. Well, if it's a game of mistakes, everybody's got to understand that every, that everybody on the team's going to make mistakes, and it's up to the it's yeah. up to the rest of the team to 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 lift up everybody and make sure that that the mistake gets put in the past and 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 somebody makes up for it, right? Oh yeah, I hundred percent agree. That's exactly exactly what I think. I think especially with this sport, like we need to be constantly building each other. Like like you said, like we're all going to make mistakes, and it's it's not so much the mistake you make but it's how you react to it like if you lose the ball and then you're immediately going to try and win it back nobody's going to be angry but it's the people who you know make a mistake and then kind of like you know throw their like throw their hands up or get like annoyed with themselves like stop playing for a second it's those kind of people that you know those are the type of people that are really hard to play with but all the people on my team uh, we all know that and we all know that if you lose the ball, whatever, just go try and get it back. No one's gonna be, no one's gonna be mad about it. What is your ultimate dream with field hockey? Is is it just c- competing for Team USA, or is there a, a an even greater goal? Yeah, uh, I mean, ultimately, my goal is to to be an Olympian. I'm gonna keep working until I, you know, hopefully, can one day achieve that. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, there's nothing really higher in terms of field hockey than going to the Olympics. Um, potentially, once I'm done my career, I thought about potentially going abroad and playing. I actually wanted to do that this fall, but because of COVID, it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Um, and maybe it's something I look into further later down the road. But like I said, like becoming an Olympian is kind of the highest achievement you can get with field hockey. So that is definitely my ultimate goal. I talk to swimmers and track and field runners and, 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 and they talk about what they personally have to do to get the Olympics. But for you, uh, it's a whole other thing because yes, you can contribute to wins and losses, but uh, the team has to qualify for the Olympics. And, and I know that uh, next year, the team USA is not qualified for the Olympics and, and, and the, and the field is set, correct? Correct. How difficult is it for Team USA to qualify for the Olympics in field hockey? Does it does it happen usually for you know because I I know that yes the, the 
teams from around the world are very strong, particularly in the sport. It's not like basketball or soccer where USA is just assumed to, to get in. How, how often does right. Team USA make it? Well, from what I know is we've made it for a very long time. This is actually like one of the first times in a long time that we haven't qualified. And unfortunately at the time I wasn't on the team when it all happened. Um, and they just barely missed the qualifications. Like it was one goal difference, which is, oh, it's hard. But um, yeah, like you said, like we're not we're not the the top team in the sport. Like we are in, like you said, basketball and soccer. Like it is very hard. Uh, Holland, you know, all the European countries, and honestly, a lot of the like South American countries. It is a huge sport to them, especially in Europe. Like Holland, it is a sport that they grow up with. So we're always kind of playing a little bit of catch up when, in terms of like skills and things like that. Um, luckily enough, we've, ha we've had the advantage of our, you know, our focus in that. I think a long time ago, we realized that okay, we might not be necessarily the same level as them with stick skills. Like if we can outrun them, um, that'll give us an advantage. And when, when the game was two halves, so two 35-minute halves, we were able to do that more easily. And Well, now the game has changed to four 15-minute periods, um, which is kind of even the playing field in terms of, you know, the conditioning. And, but now also teams we've seen are starting to focus on their running a little more than they had before um, because they've seen, like, how it's helped our team. Even though we might not have all the skills, because we're able to last long in the game and it puts us above other teams that, you know, get get tired near the end and then their six skills are falling apart where even though we might not have the best six skills because we're able to stay stay conditioned and stay energized through the whole quarter, we're able to put ourselves in that good position. Um, so, yeah, it's been hard because, like you said, we're not the top, top team in the world. Um, so we're always kind of – we're always competing and we're always – we're always just trying to get better. Um, there's always something for us to grow upon, but yeah, it's a very, it's a very hard situation. And especially now where the ranking that we're in, um, these next few years are going to be crucial for us to make it to the next Olympics. Um, there's a few things that we have to make sure that we end up being top in, in order for us to even have a chance to qualify. Okay, everybody. Well, hang tight. We'll be right back with Laura Hurf. So we're back with Laura. Uh, you talk about uh, the, the the Dutch team, and uh, and I think about uh, Great Britain. There are various Olympic teams that have had multiple out LGBTQ athletes on them. Have you found in, in international field hockey that the the, the LGBTQ community is is widespread and robust? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, over the past few years, I've seen it a lot more. Um, it wasn't really there beforehand and you know I definitely think it's something that we can keep growing I would love um, I've already talked to my team about this and a few of us have talked about it of you know starting to set up either camps or having certain games that are specifically towards like the LGBTQ community like some people do for like breast can cancer awareness um, I think it's definitely a pivotal time for us to start bringing it bringing it to light more uh, in our world but yeah, like you said, it's definitely it's definitely begun to grow, which is really nice to see. And it's nice for people to 
have that comfortability um, now in this time to be able to be who they are, especially in sports. Even when I went to high school many years ago, field hockey was one of the sports where um, the, the stereotype in the high school was that, oh, all the girls playing on the field hockey team are lesbians. Uh, and, and I've always found that, that that brings a completely different pressure um, being LGBTQ in the sport. Uh, growing up, did you find that, that uh, did that stereotype impact you or were you just oblivious to, to that, the concept that if you were playing this sport, you must be LGBTQ? Uh, no, actually, funny enough, before I went to college, my sister sat me down um, before I was even aware of who I was. She was like, you know, do you think you could possibly be gay? Um, and I was like, why would you say that? And she was like, well, you know, like, you play field hockey, like, you're hanging out with girls all the time. So, like, even my sister at the time, like, had thought that. And there were other people, you know, just like with softball. It's like, if you play softball, you're automatically, like, people think you're gay or a lesbian or, you know, all these things. And um, so that stereotype was definitely, definitely around when I was in high school. And I think it actually made it harder for me to really realize at the time that I was a part of that community because I think because people said it so often, I, you know, I kept denying it, denying it and being like, just because I play that sport doesn't mean I am, you know? Um, but turns out I am, and I'm very glad I am. I'm very proud of it, but yeah, it definitely, definitely was around when I was in high school. And this is something that I hear from women in sports all the time. People think, oh, well, it must be so easy being uh, lesbian or gay in women's sports because, quote, unquote, everybody is. But but that <laughs> perception adds real internal pressure to people who yeah. are because they don't want to be the stereotype. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think, you know, like I said, it did take me so long to come to terms with who I was because I was like, I'm just like being what everybody has thought I was. And it's like, I don't want, like, I just didn't want people to be right, I guess, in a sense. Um, because I like denied it for so long, denied it for so long. And it's, yeah, I agree with you. It's like, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. Like you do this sport and you don't want people to be like, well, that's not, that's not true. That's not true for everyone. Um, I mean, there's uh, athletes gay in every sport. It's not just one sport. Um, so, it, I mean, it's funny, though, because a lot of people who play field hockey, like a lot of my friends who are gay play field hockey. Um, and when I was at, on the Syracuse team, it was like we had like 18 girls on the team and seven of us at the time were gay. So we almost had like half the people on the team were gay. And like we would make light of it. Like it didn't bother us um, because we all thought it was funny that it was it was like honestly the most people – I feel like from a team that we ever had that were gay, like before I, before we, my class, my freshman class was there. Um, I think it was only maybe one or two people had been gay on the team out of 18, 20 girls. So, I mean, maybe because we have a smaller team and then a few people being gay, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of lesbians, but it's not always the case. And I mean, other people in other sports are also gay. So it's not, it's not a sport thing. It's just who the people are. What I've found is that certainly at the high school level, 
you you can't point to any sport or sports in general and say, oh, if you play sport, you're a lesbian. That's just, that's absurd. But, but what I have found, and I hear over and over again from women in major college basketball, professional soccer, professional basketball, mm-hmm. and you just reflected that, that at the elite levels at major college sports and professional sports and international sports, for some reason, there is a very, very high level of women who are LGBTQ. And when I, when I ask people to give me a percentage in their, in their league, and this has been mostly mm-hmm. women's soccer and women's basketball, the number they say is anywhere from 30% to 80%. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I've long wondered why that is. Um, do you have any idea why the, the percentage is so much higher in elite level sports? I, I'm not exactly sure. I don't, uh, maybe it's just because, you know, at elite levels, there's not as much of a, like a vast number of people. So then it seems like it's a higher percentage because it's not as many people um, than the other levels. But uh, I don't know. I don't know why, why that is or why it is that a lot of us are um, in that community. Um, I think it's just kind of turned out that way. And I think, I don't really think there's a specific reason as to why. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a very interesting number, number uh, percentage, because I think it's very true. And I guess I've never really thought about why that is. When your sister sat you down and asked you if you were gay, did you think at the time that you were? No, I was like, no, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not gay. Like, just because, you know, I had boyfriends and, you know, we just like hung out and stuff. It doesn't mean that I am like, am gay, like all this and that and like denied it for so long. And uh, like when I went to college, I just like knew that I wasn't fully mean. I couldn't figure out why. Um, And then I kind of reflected on what my sister had said, but uh, winter after my freshman year, um, and then just decided to not, you know, try it, um, and ended up, I was like, yeah, this is definitely who I am. And, you know, like I said, it took me so long to be okay with that. And it took me so long to accept myself and I'm not going to lie. It wasn't really until this year that I like was very, very proud of who I was. And even my teammates who I was on the team from like 2018 until the summer of 2019. And then I took a bit of a break. Then, like I said, I retried out and even my teammates who were on the team beforehand and then now are on the team with me still, um, even they've noticed a difference. And they, they even said to me, like, I'm so like glad that you're like so proud of who you are because there's nothing wrong with who you are. And it's just like kind of changed me as a person, like accepting myself and, you know, knowing that there's people out there that accept me and people that love me no matter who I am. Um, but yeah, it took me, it definitely took me a long time to, to accept who I was. How have you changed the most in that time? What, what, what is it that your teammates are seeing that they're really happy about? I just, I am, I am done, you know, worrying about what others think. And I just, I'm, I'm me. And I make a, like, I make a fool of myself and make fun of myself all the time. Like, I just am, like, trying to be me. And I just, I don't care anymore if people, like, like, like me. I don't 
care to to act a certain way around people. Like I just act how I want to act. And um, if someone doesn't like me for me, then that's their choice. But I just, I'm not going to change for anybody else um, because I'm proud of who I am. And I know it's not necessarily, you know, something that we all choose and that's okay. Um, But I was made this way for a reason. And, and I know that, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Is it important to you now that you've come to fully accept yourself and be proud of who you are? Is it important to you to now be that for other people, to be that publicly so that other people might be able to find that strength? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was so excited when you contacted me because uh, a few weeks ago, uh, my teammate, Ashley Hoffman, she actually did an interview with myself and my other teammate who's in the LGBTQ community. Um, and we went live on Instagram and it was just amazing. The few responses we even had, um, it just made me feel so much better that everything that I've gone through and everything I can speak upon now, like can help others who are struggling with the same thing. And I definitely want to be that advocate for any girl, any boy, anybody who needs to come and talk to someone about it. Like, I just want them all to know that you know, there are those people out there that are going to support you no matter what, whether you're female, male, non-binary, like whatever you want to be, there's going to be people out there that are going to support you no matter what and people out there that love you. And sometimes, unfortunately, like that might not be our family, but your family is who you want it to be. It's who you choose it to be. It doesn't have to be blood. And I just, I would love to be a family member to like whoever needs it. Um, And yeah, I would, I definitely want to be able to spread the things I've gone through and spread uh, things I've come to love about myself and what I want others to see in themselves to make sure everybody feels, you know, loved and included in this world. Have you had anybody since you started expressing yourself truly and completely, have you had anybody in your life, family, friends, or people in the sport um, let you know that they're not happy about it? Yeah, um, when I told my mama, so my mom's mom, um, she, she, how she was raised was very different, um, and that's okay, that's how she was raised, and I, there's nothing, nothing against her in that way, but she said to me, she, she might not understand it, but she does accept me, which is really nice, um, I had an, an aunt who didn't really seem to be too happy about it either, um, from her belief, and then my like dad's parents, I've still yet to tell because growing up, I just the things they would say to us, and you know, my grandmother told me the one time that her and my grandfather actually signed a petition at their church to not allow gay marriage. So I haven't like come to terms with telling them yet, just because you know it's it's how they were raised, and I can't be angry with them for that. Um, And there's definitely been people in my life that, you know, haven't been too pleased about it. Like my dad and I struggled for a bit. He always kind of said it was just a phase. And thankfully, he's kind of come around now, which is really nice. But yeah, there's always going to be those people in your life that don't fully accept it. Um, And that's their choice. And like I was saying earlier, like, if they're not going to accept me for me, then that's their choice. And there's nothing I can do about that. But I'm not going to change who I am for somebody else. You know, some people think that being gay is a choice, but not accepting gay people is 
definitely a choice that some people make. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's interesting when I ask people that question in sports, almost invariably, the people that they mention are not their teammates. It's not their coaches. It's not even their opponents. It's their family. And, and people ask me all the time, why don't we have more out people in sports? Well, I think a big part of it is people's family. When I ask people, why are you not out? Family is, is, is the answer I hear the most. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, well, Laura, I, I appreciate you taking the time and I look forward to, uh, did, 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 is it possible to watch you play field hockey when it comes back? Is, are, are there networks that broadcast the, the international yeah, matches yeah. that you play? Yeah, so hopefully we'll be starting back in April. Um, I believe some of the European teams are actually going to be starting in September because of COVID, our, our season, the pro league that I talked about in the beginning got cut short. Um, so we still have a lot of games to play for it. And we're set to start our matches back up in April. So hopefully everything's kind of calmed down by then so we can play games because we are all struggling not playing. We all miss it so much. But, yes, there's a, there, there will be a link provided when we officially start back up. Well, I end each interview with the same two questions. And the first one is about Lord of the Rings, but I know you're not a big Lord of the Rings fan because you find the movies scary. It is terrifying. It is terrifying. Uh, there's like one, one of the parts of the movie where this guy's in a dream and there's all these like dark figures and, you know, those, those creepy things that are like building the cave or building the tower for that one dude, the guy with the big staff that's like trying to take over and like yeah it's a just a terrifying movie let <laughs> me <laughs> do a non-fan trying to explain lord of the rings that's i know really i not i wanted to say dumbledore but i know that's harry potter forget what his name is he's got the big He's got some big long beard. I know exactly what he looks like. I just cannot remember. You're talking about a guy named his name is Saruman. Yes, the guy who lives like near that tower with the big eye on it. Like it's just maybe I watched it when I was younger, which is why I'm so terrified by it. But it was scary. All those like gremlin-looking things—they're terrifying. Well, we'll ask you. Uh, the second question is not as terrifying. I hope. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it's uh, name an Olympian who has inspired you. So for me, I think actually one of the, and no one's going to know her name, but her name is Kelsey Kolejacek. So she was actually on the women's national team um, for field hockey. And I was lucky enough. She ended up being my assistant coach my last year at Syracuse. Um, so I didn't really get to ever see her play in the Olympics per se. But I think just from the conversations I had with her and through talking with her and me trying to figure out if, you know, playing on the national team was still what my goal was and all those things, like we had some very good conversations and I definitely look up to her and I've looked up to her for advice in all different aspects of things. Um, so I was lucky enough, like I said, my senior year to have her as my coach and I think it helped me tremendously. She taught me a lot of, a lot of things, you know, both in terms of field hockey, but also off the field as well. Um, so I, I have to thank her for being such a big impact in my life. Well, a coach who can teach you lessons on and off the field is a pretty good coach. Yeah.
Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. And, and uh, you know, if there's anything that we can do to elevate anything you're doing, you just let us know. All right. Thank you so much. You can find Laura Herf on Instagram at Laura underscore Herf. That's L-A-U-R-A underscore H-U-R-F-F. And that's F as in Frank. Next week, I'm talking with an athlete who likely will be in the Olympics next year. He at least has a good shot. He's been to the last few world championships, competed there. Uh, He's got a couple national championships under his belt. So chances are he will be in Tokyo in 2021. I'll have to come back next week to find out who that is uh, for a great conversation with him. And between now and then, I hope you are finding some way to get outside and exercise and enjoying the summer. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.